In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day, it's Father Tom and Anthony. Glad to be with you today. Uh, some people have said this question. I've heard it. Did Jesus smile? Did he smile? Well, in the 10th chapter of Luke, verse 21, it says, At that same hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. I'm sure he smiled and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to babes, infants. Yes, Lord, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal the Father to. So, Lord, we ask you to reveal the Father today in the name of Jesus, that we would know that we are the children of God destined for heaven in Jesus' name. I can also think about other times when Jesus smiled. In the 21st chapter of St. John, when Jesus, the risen Lord, says to the disciples, have you caught any fish? He knew they didn't. He knew they didn't. And I'm sure he smiled. He cast your net over to the right side and see what happens. You see, it's a living gospel. It's a living gospel. It's not a gospel of dead words. Jesus is a living man who is both man and God. He has been raised from the dead. And he loves us. And he loves you. And he's got plans for you. Someone said yesterday that he lost his faith. Well, it's easy to regain. Just say, Jesus, I surrender. And I mean it. This is so simple. It's so simple. God is not putting us through fiery hoops. God is telling us in his word that he is in love with us and that we are called to be in love with him through Christ Jesus our Lord. I'm reading from the verse 23, chapter 10 of Luke. Then turning to the disciples, Jesus said to them privately, Blessed are your eyes that see what you see. I tell you, many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and did not see it, to hear what you heard and did not hear it. What did we desire to see? The Messiah. And we've seen him through his word, through the Eucharist, through the community. Oh, yes, he's the ascended Lord. Blessed are you, see what you see. When I was ordained a priest, my first mass, I preached, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see, and the ears that hear what you hear. For many prophets and kings desired to see what you see and didn't see it, and hear what you hear and didn't hear it. We see Jesus. We see Jesus. We see Jesus. Of course Jesus smiled. Jesus was the most 
joyful human to ever walk upon this earth. Well, he wasn't human. He was a divine being with a human nature. But Jesus gives us his nature. So we get to carry the joy of Jesus upon this earth. Christians should be marked by our joy because we have a, a, inherited eternal life. We have the kingdom of God within us. We have the ability to wor work miracle signs and wonder. We have know the Father through Jesus by the power of his Holy Spirit. Right now you have the fire of the Holy Spirit coursing through your veins, not only sanctifying you, not only divinizing you so that you're bringing heaven to earth, but the Holy Spirit is filling you with the Lord's joy, with the Lord's peace, with the Lord's divine nature. So Jesus, we thank you that we're on this earth right now. Out of all the times that we get to walk in the fullness, the fullness of Christianity, of what you have for us, that heaven is closer to you right now than it's ever been on this earth. We have the prophets who went before us. We have Jesus. We have 2,000 years of the prayers of saints. In the kingdom of God, it's coming down. It's coming down. It's coming closer. And that's why everything's going crazy. When you step on a snake's head, a tail, a tail goes everywhere. And it causes as much chaos as it can. Because the enemy's time short. The kingdom of God is coming closer and closer upon this earth. And we want to focus on it. What we magnify, what we focus on becomes magnified. So today, I challenge you to focus on the kingdom of God. Focus on the things of heaven. And let heaven become magnified in your life. Blessed are your eyes. Not only my eyes but your eyes that see Jesus. And how do we see him? In faith. Blessed are the ears, your ears, that hear Jesus and hear his word in faith. Because many prophets and kings, David himself, wanted to see and didn't see Jesus. But we see him by grace, through faith. We see Jesus. We hear Jesus. You know, the preacher on before us talked about we don't pick and choose from the Word of God. And I said, what about unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, he who eats me will live because of me. He'll never preach that because it's the Eucharist. He'll never preach that because it's the Eucharist. And they won't ever preach that a sword will pierce Mary's soul, that the hearts of many may be laid bare. He'll never preach that. But it's in the Bible, and it's true. And it's true, and it's real. And blessed are the ears that hear what we hear and the eyes that see what we see because we see Jesus. Let's look upon Jesus today. Let's look upon the kingdom of God today. Let's rejoice that God has chosen us to see Jesus and to see him glorified, crucified, and glorified. 
Oh yes, we will be nowhere without his cross. We will be nowhere without his resurrection. The resurrection needs a good Friday, and a good Friday needs an Easter Sunday. Amen. The only day the church calls good is on Good Friday. Jesus became glorified when he gave his life for us on the cross. When we see love poured out, that is Jesus on the cross. A crucifix, the devil cannot stand a crucifix because it marks his defeat. The whole point of Jesus is that he could have redeemed us any way he was God, but he got on the cross for you and for me. And when we look upon a crucifix, when we look upon Jesus on the cross, that is our salvation. That is the mark of love, that God so loved you and me that he went on a cross, Jesus did, and he died. And yes, he was risen. Yes, he rose from the dead. But the true mark of love, the true defeat of the devil is when Jesus hung there for us. He hung there for us. He hung there for you. The Lord came and died so we can have eternal life. And we not only live in celebration that he is risen, amen. We celebrate for us because he is risen. But we also live in the truth. And we meditate upon the passion of what God did to us because it is in that, it is in the meditation and the understanding of what Jesus did on the cross and looking upon the crucifix, which we can begin to endure the trials and tribulations of our lives, which we can understand the true love that Jesus Christ had for you. When I am lifted up, Jesus said, I will draw all people unto myself. I've never heard anyone preach about that, but that's real. On the cross, Jesus was like a human magnet drawing you and me and the world from Adam and Eve until the end of time, people into himself. This is real. This is love. This is love incarnate. This is love poured out on the cross. How we need to preach the cross. St. Paul said to the Corinthian community, When I came to you, I desired to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. How we need to preach the cross, because the cross is salvation, and without the cross, there is no salvation. Without the blood, there is no salvation. The cross and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are so blessed to be able to preach it over the airwaves. I'm reading from the 10th chapter of Luke, verse 25. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with your whole heart, with your whole soul, with your whole strength, with your whole mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. Listen to the next line. This is the next line. But wanting to justify himself, we get into trouble. 
when we try to justify ourselves. I do this, and I do that, and I do the other thing. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and put the man on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. He wouldn't even say the name Samaritan because they were disgusted with the word Samaritan. The one who showed him mercy. I remember preaching this at the, at the seminary. I, I said that there was a little boy that I went to visit in the hospital and that he had a stomach problem. And they said he had, what is it called? Anyway, he had a stomach problem, and they said he was going to have to have an operation. And I prayed with him, and I, the next day I went looking for him, and he didn't have the operation because he didn't have the stomach problem anymore. I said, I wouldn't put past Jesus healing the sick. Well, I spoke that to the congregation. There were priests there, and two priests said, Who does this man think he is that he heals the sick? I did not heal the sick. It was Jesus. I said, in order to heal the sick, you've got to be like the man on the street waiting for someone to pick you up. Only Jesus will pick you up. That's who you are. I, I was the man on the street hoping that Jesus would come and pick me up. Not a Samaritan, but a man on the street. Jesus picked me up and gave me the power to pray for the sick. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They were very upset with me. But I could care less. I wasn't saying I'm the greatest one. I was saying Jesus healed the little boy of appendicitis. I didn't. Jesus did. Amen. And Jesus, he can do anything at any time. He can do a miracle for you right now. He can do a miracle for your family in this moment. But it comes by faith. Do we have enough faith to receive what Jesus wants to give to us? Do I have enough faith to receive all the graces that Jesus wants to bestow upon me? Do you have enough faith to bestow and to receive? To receive what Jesus wants to give to you? Because he created you for a divine purpose. And Jesus desires to give you day by day, moment by moment, second by second, more than you could ever ask think or imagine no eye has seen no ear has heard what god has planned for you in his heart that jesus 
wants to do something wonderful for us day by day. But are we open to him? Do we allow him? You know, in this story, the Pharisees, they walked by the man who was down on the other side of the road. But they were they were just trying to, they were, fall, they were doing the best they could, following the purity laws of the church. But the whole thing is, we don't live by many laws and rules anymore. We live by grace. And we're called to love as Jesus loves. Now, we the church gives us rules to keep us into the grace of God. But it's not about the rules. It's about love. And if we love and we respect our Father, we're never disobedient to Him. We're never disobedient to Him. But it's we heal people. Jesus heals people and He uses us by the passion of the love He has for the people. He releases the passion and He releases the compassion upon it. And you have the compassion of Jesus within you. When the Holy Spirit and the fire of God comes upon you, it's the love of the Holy Spirit and it burns out our stony hearts and it gives us the heart of Jesus. Right now, the Father, God the Father, His heart is beating in your heart. That's why we say we have the Father's heart within us. The blood of Jesus is flowing in your blood. We are saved by the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is breathing in your breathing. You know, we were created to be infused by heaven on this earth. When Adam walked with God in the cool of the day, in the garden, he walked in divine union with the Lord. That G- And he was creating divi- divinity every step he took. Every step he took, he was affecting the whole of human nature. Because from Adam, God's divinity was going forth upon the earth. But through you, Jesus Christ wants to release his divinity upon this earth. He wants to release his healing. He wants to... Re- He wants to release his light and his goodness and his peace in heaven. That we live on earth as it is in heaven. That we are more heavenly minded than earthly minded. That we do not my will but your will be done. We don't need to have to think think and wonder what God wants for us. We walk with Jesus inside of us. And we let Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit lead you through life. We no longer need to think, am I breaking a purity law? If Am I offending God if, if I stop and help this person? No. You have the Holy Spirit and Jesus bubbling up inside of you. And you have, the, uh, you, have the, you have Jesus within your soul. And Jesus is living his life through you. Do you know that today? That Jesus desires to live his life through you? That it's about, like St. John the Baptist said, I must decrease so he can increase. That you are, we just want to be empty vessels. If we can understand and live out of our nothingness, to realize that we are nothing. God created us from the dirt of the earth and he breathed his divine life in us. And we live that, God, I am nothing and you you are everything. Then God can become and inhabit you. He can inhabit you. He to fill up the glass with God's divinity and his divine life, first he needs to empty it. Will you let God empty it of everything you think, everything you think you know, everything 
we've been through in our life and we let God just pull that out of us. We let God take us away so that God can fill us with himself so that we are nothing but an empty vessel for the Trinity, for the Holy Spirit. And so that God can make Jesus, can make himself and his life present first in you and then upon this earth through you. Now, who is the man on the street, broken, needy, and poor? That's you. That's me, waiting for Jesus to pick us up and minister to us. You see, we cannot minister to people that are broken unless we know our brokenness and that God has entered into our brokenness and gave us a degree of healing. We cannot minister the broken people and I'm going to tell you, everyone is broken. Everyone I hear that hears my voice is broken. And we need Jesus to pick us up and pour oil, the oil of the Holy Spirit, into the wounds of our being. We need Jesus to tell us, I've loved you with an everlasting love, and you are mine. We need Jesus to take us and to heal us because we are defeated on the street. We've been beaten. Life has beaten us. Life has destroyed us. But Jesus wants to pick us up and give us new life. He wants to make that which destroyed become the blessing because his name is Jesus. I'm looking at 10th chapter of Luke, verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. So we have Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Jesus went to Bethany on his day off to just be with people that he loved. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister have left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. But Jesus answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted about many things. There is only need for one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, Martha was following the law of hospitality, but Jesus is more and should be more important than the law of hospitality. Mary was the one who sat at his feet and listened to his teaching. She was a disciple who sits at the feet of the master. Oh, yes, poor Lazarus. We don't even hear about him in this one. We hear about him in the 11th chapter of St. John. But you see, Martha was distracted by many things. She said, we've got company. And she, he probably brought the 12 with them. Who's going to prepare the food? Who's going to prepare the chicken soup? Who's going to prepare the Tell her to help me. And Jesus said, she has chosen the better part. Be like her. Be like her. Be like her. Be like Mary. You know, this is my favorite Bible passages because it's, it's about being with Jesus. It's not about doing, it's about being. It's about being with the Lord. We go, my Ryan and all the monks in Petersham, they don't do 
big works that you see, but they, their ministry is to just be with the Lord and pray and adore the Lord and be in his presence. And in that prayer, they're changing the world. You know, a lot we're called to go in the world and do ministry, but the anointing that you want in your life, the anointing I want, it comes out of stillness. It doesn't come out of doing, it comes out of being. But when we are with Jesus, when we are still in front of Jesus, when we understand he's the Lord and it's about receiving what he wants to give to us and we sit upon his feet, then he divinely infuses us with the Holy Spirit. He gives us revelation knowledge. He lets us sit in the glory of God. In God's presence, we receive revelation. In God's presence, we receive power. In God's presence, we receive wisdom in the anointing and it's about sitting at his feet many we talk about this yesterday many times we pray but then when we pray we get up and go we do the prayer but we you're supposed to pray do your prayer and then lay back and let the old holy spirit overshadow you Sit, those who wait on the Lord will be blessed. We're called to wait on the Lord. It's just not about doing. It's about being. A Catholic life is a contemplative life where we just are sitting at the Lord's feet even when we're doing things in the world, even when we're driving the car or cooking the meal. We're just sitting with Jesus and we're letting Jesus fill us with all of his life, all of his joy, all of himself. It's not upon doing that we please Jesus the most. It's just upon being with him. And when we be with him, he overflows us with his Holy Spirit. So we can't help but to do the works that he's done on this earth. So be at his feet today in Jesus' name. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.